Steeple Rock Partners is proud to sponsor this edition of the Real Estate Time Machine podcast. But then we looked down the list. 20 of them were people we knew and we were friends with. All of them renewed their lease. Right there, describe the social and spiritual human impact that you can have in a life, as well as the economic impact. Our guest today is the CEO of Apartment Life. It's a nonprofit that's been serving the apartment industry for almost 20 years. In our time together, Pete Kelly and I talk about meeting needs that all humans share, the power of loving our neighbors, and how these truths have created a company that brings value to apartment owners. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, absolutely, Pete. Let's begin here. Why don't you explain what Apartment Life does, how you benefit apartment owners, but uh, but I think at its core, how you benefit the tenants even more so. So, uh, so Apartment Life is a faith-based nonprofit that's been serving the multifamily industry for almost 20 years. And we're really built around the central proposition that relationships are good for, for people, good for their souls, but also good for the bottom line. And so we have a program. Uh, it's our classic on-site program where we place two people that live in an apartment community, and they're like the welcome wagon. Uh, they greet everyone when they move in. Uh, they throw all the parties and events. They look for opportunities to care for people. And then typically 90 to 120 days before that residence lease is set to renew, they visit them and just say, hey, how's your stay been? Are you thinking about sticking around? And as they do that, uh, they create this sticky community where uh, people are happier and they stay longer even when the rent goes up. So it's, uh, you know, we're in it because we want to have a positive impact on people's lives. Um, but it's great for the apartment owner because it saves them a lot of money and turnover costs. It improves their online reputation and just the general morale of their staff and their residents. Do you guys have some statistics on how you've benefited apartment communities? Yeah, you know, every year we do uh, an annual property manager survey. So we, uh, we ask them about the impact, their perceived impact of the program on the community. And pretty consistently comes out to uh, 40 leases that our program saves each year per community. So if you know the turn cost of your apartment community, which I think the national average is like $2,800, it comes out to be over $100,000 just in resident retention alone. Um, we've got another uh, consulting company that we work with called Witten Advisors, and uh, periodically they'll do a deeper dive assessment on individual properties, and then they'll uh, kind of roll those up into a national report. So they really measure three areas uh, of the impact of our program. And the first is resident retention, which I just mentioned. And they would say on average, it's about $100,000 uh, of impact. But then they also measure the impact on staff retention, which is something a lot of management companies don't often think about, the morale of your staff and how much it costs to replace them. And so he adds another 8,000 in staff retention and then another 80,000 in just lease velocity. And so altogether he would assess uh, on average that our program brings about $188,000 of economic value to, uh, to our clients each year, which is pretty cool. No, that's absolutely cool. So how do you, how do you acquire your clients? I mean, with numbers like that, I would figure, it wouldn't be that difficult to find apartment owners or management companies that want to utilize 
your service, but how do you guys go about introducing yourselves and getting your name out? Well, our favorite way to acquire a new client is to grow with an existing client. And so, you know, our aim is to please our existing clients to do such a good job that they would say, hey, here's two or three more communities uh, that we would love to take this program to. And so uh, a lot of our growth really has been either through growing within existing clients or sometimes these property managers and regional managers will transfer to another management company and they'll say, hey, we want to bring the apartment life program over there. And so that's been kind of a second way that we've grown to uh, reach out to more clients. So, and what what are the costs to the apartment owners? I mean, I, I hear the benefits, you know, the 188000 because the turnover is lower, the, uh, the staff retention. But, uh, but if you're going to have on-site people living in that apartment complex, what's typically the cost like to the apartment owner to not be, because obviously they're not renting out, yeah. they're losing an apartment, so to speak. Or do you guys fund that apartment yeah, as well? Yeah, so, no, wonderful question. So there's really three, three costs to the program. Uh, two of which uh, are pretty minimal. So the first, it depends on how you think about it. The first is a concessed two-bedroom, two-bath unit that the apartment owner uh, concedes to apartment life. So uh, that is a cost. It's probably the largest cost. But at the same time, if you ask the average apartment owner, are you ever 100% occupied, uh, they would tell you, well, if I'm 100% occupied, um, uh, my my rents are too low. So typically, they're going to have... an unused two-bedroom, two-bath unit. And we just say, hey, give us the one that's the hardest for you to lease mm-hmm. and that we'll use it for our program. So that's the that's the unit that our teams live in. And so that's the first and largest cost. The second is a monthly management fee of currently it's $650 a month. And that's what we use to go out and uh, identify, recruit, train, and coach our teams in an ongoing way. And then the, the final cost of the program is an event budget, which most uh, uh, most owners and managers have some kind of event um, program in place. And so we encourage them to consider a $1.50 to $2 a door so that the team has a sufficient you know amount to work with to throw quality events for their residents. I'd like to hear kind of what the day in and day out is of the guys that you have placed in those apartments. I mean, are they usually like a married couple or is it like a single female in one apartment, single male in the other working with singles? I mean, what's kind of the general, the makeup of your employees look like and what do they, what would they do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Excellent question. Yeah. So I would say the majority of our coordinators or our teams are married couples Uh, It helps uh, if they're not both working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week because then they don't have any time for the program. So most of our teams or coordinators have full-time jobs. And really, this program is what they're doing uh, at nights and during the weekends. And and so they've got to have a certain amount of margin in their life to be able to perform the program. Uh, We do have some teams that are made up of two singles, and we even have some situations where we've placed – individual coordinators in communities, but they really have to have a pool of volunteers around them that know them pretty well and are committed for the program for it to really work. Uh, Because uh, just an individual by themselves managing the program, it it would be pretty arduous work to do all by yourself. At the beginning of the month, you know, our our teams are going to get a a printout of all the new residents that have moved in. And so they're going to schedule 
typically during the nights, some kind of welcome visit. Uh, in some situations, they might uh, uh, reach out by phone, text, email, and have a special welcoming event. But with other clients, they say, hey, you know, we, we actually want you to go visit, visit them, knock on their door, welcome them to the, to the community, bring a gift by. When they do that welcome visit, uh, they're going to ask uh, the resident, you know, tell me about your moving experience. And on a scale from one to five, how would you rate that experience? Anything that's less than a four, uh, we record and immediately send a retention alert to the management team because there's likely something that they could do to improve that experience. I know a lot of tenants they're actually either consciously or subconsciously making the decision, am I going to renew my lease, even within the first 30 days of living in that community. So that first experience is very important. So that's one of the things that our teams do. Uh, obviously, uh, they're, they're planning a lot of events, typically two to three events a month. Uh, those could be like a wind down Wednesday or like, you know, event for residents to have dogs. And so they might have a yappy hour or something like that <laughs> uh, in the summers, you know, the, the happy hour. Yes. Very popular, actually. I, I can see where it would be. Um, yep. Yep. So they'll, depending on the profile of the community, uh, you know, they could do uh, yoga events, they could organize uh, a pool party at night. And so it really depends on the profile of that community, the makeup of the residents, but they're going to organize events contextualized to that community as they're just going about their daily life, they're getting to know people and they're building relationships. And so, uh, you know, sometimes just life happens to people. They might lose a job on the negative side. And so they might, uh, you know, bring by like a little gift card and say, Hey, I'm really sorry uh, to hear that. They, uh, you know, some of their neighbors might be having babies. And so again, they might swing by and, and celebrate with them, but they're always looking for opportunities to care for people. Even if somebody's car breaks down in the middle of a parking lot, they'll say, Hey, let me take you down to uh, the auto parts shop and, you know, let's get a replacement part for you. So they're, they're caring for their residents. And then uh, again, uh, 90 to 120 days before that lease is set to renew, they just do a very uh, warm and uh, gentle visit where they come by and just say, Hey, we just wanted to check in on you. How have you been liking your experience? And, um, you know, what are you thinking about the coming year? Are you thinking about sticking around? And what's fun is uh, by that point, if that resident has really been touched uh, by getting connected to an event, making friendships, they're so much more likely to stick around. It's, uh, it's an amazing uh, just human nature. You want to live where everybody knows your name. I haven't lived in an apartment community in at least 18 or 19 years, but I, I remember when I did, I think I only met one neighbor one time and that was because they knocked on my door and asked me if I wanted to go on a date. And it was very awkward. <laughs> I'd never even seen this person before. So I uncomfortably lied and told him that I was already dating someone, but thanks anyway. Um, so my, my experience in the apartment community was just the opposite. I mean, I don't even think I met people walking to take out the trash. It makes sense to me that an apartment community would love to have you guys on board because their hired and paid staff can focus on leasing, releasing, maintenance, freeze their full-time employees up to really drive the leasing process. Uh, so it makes sense. But tell me some of the pushback that maybe you've received from apartment communities or hesitancies they've had to have you guys on board. Well, yeah, I'll 
be glad to share about the pushback, but I want to comment on what you said about your own experience. And I don't think you're alone. I think the average, the average apartment renter really doesn't know any of their neighbors. And I mentioned earlier, we work with uh, a consultant agency called Witten Advisors, and uh, they did a study that found basically there's a direct correlation between the number of friends that you have in an apartment community and your likeliness to renew your lease. And so what they found is the magic number was about seven friends. If you had seven people that you knew, they didn't have to be your best buds or your closest friends, but if seven people that you would consider at least acquaintance level or better, you were almost twice as likely to renew your lease than somebody who was in your situation where you didn't know any of your tenants. And so uh, most of uh, the management uh, companies that we talk to, they intuitively get it. Uh, they they uh, they totally get like yeah that makes sense. Now you asked about the pushback. Uh, I'd say it it could come in a couple areas. First is I think the management staff feel like well shouldn't we be doing that? Mm-hmm. And and a lot of them have great intentions. They want to do that, uh, but they don't have the capacity do it the way somebody who that's their focus and that's their expertise. And so, you know, when I lived in an apartment community, periodically they would throw out, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A in the morning. And what you would see is people would come by the clubhouse. They would get their, you know, chicken, muffin or whatever. They would eat by themselves or with their family and then they would leave and they Mm -hmm. wouldn't actually get to know any of their neighbors. And so even though they intended to create that community uh, because they, had other things they had to do, they weren't really able to work the room and be that catalyst hmm. for relationships, which is one of the things our team, teams do. They, they don't just uh, put out the food and, and let people you know, just come and go, but they really make an effort to introduce themselves to people and to introduce residents to one another. And I think that is the secret sauce of what we do. Uh, I think, yeah, average American, over 50% of Americans would consider themselves um, introverted. And so if you have somebody who is a little bit more of a, a social catalyst in a setting like that, it's just enough to take that introverted person and to connect them with their neighbor that they would otherwise feel too bashful to introduce themselves to. And uh, so that catalytic effect is very important. But the management staff, they're not always thinking about that. They just think about the events and kind of the straightforward, uh, you know, advertising it, putting the food out and cleaning up afterwards. Right, and no. And that's the human element. Of right, because I could see the so, argument is, oh, well, we already do things like this. I mean, we put out Chick-fil-A uh, every two weeks for our, uh, you know, people to enjoy. So why would we need you? We, we already do what you're suggesting. So what what are some stories? What are some, I'd be curious to hear some stories you have that would really illustrate and drive home the value of, of what apartment life does. Well, that's the favorite part of my job. Uh, probably every week or two, I'm hearing a story of a resident whose life was changed. I remember the first story I heard was about a little teenage girl living on one of these communities that was dealing with some personal trauma in her family and it turned to cutting. And the team was just happened that the team that worked in that community, uh, the, the wife worked in the guidance office of this little girl's middle school and was able to enter in with the mom and relate to them. Uh, wonderful story of a of a maintenance worker down in San Antonio who was actually dealing with some post-traumatic stress from his childhood. 
and he was getting ready actually one night to take his own life. Mm. And the team had no idea about this. They just ended up swinging by his room, uh, swinging by his apartment, knocking on his door and just had a, you know, 15 minute visit saying, Hey, we've just been thinking about you, wondering how you're doing, checking Mm. in on you. And because they stopped by, he goes, they had no idea, but that kept me from ending my life. And later he ended up, uh, he got plugged into a local church where he was able to process his grief and his life was completely turned around, but he would attribute the turnaround in his life to that team and the community that they, they created. Um, probably my favorite story recently was I was talking with a team in Charleston, South Carolina, and they, they, there was this young married couple that they were really mentoring in their marriage and had a, a, you know, just a tremendous impact on their life. And uh, at the end of the conversation, I said, so is that, is that couple, are they still living in your community or did they move on? And they go, oh no, they just, they just renewed their lease. And they said, in fact, what's funny is this month we had 30 residents. We got our kind of uh, our renewal visit list. It's like 30 people that we were supposed to visit that month. And like, honestly, we were, we were overwhelmed to see that there was 30 people we we're going to have to visit. But then we looked down the list and 20 of them were people we knew and we were friends with. Mm-hmm. And he, all of them renewed their lease. And mm-hmm. I'm like, right there, what you just said describes both the social and the, the, the spiritual human impact that you can have in a life, as well as the economic impact. Right. I mean, that, in, you know, we've gone now from just setting out chicken minis to your quote, which is, we see lives changed. And, and I would think that most of that would be attributed to the fact that you guys are faith-based. What do you guys mean by faith-based? Yeah, so we are faith-based in that we, we try to recruit our teams wherever possible from local churches. And uh, their main agenda is not to try to convert people, but to love their neighbor as themselves. And so uh, it, it does become like a indirect, you know, passive advertisement for what one might attend. But really, we train them in fair housing and we say, you know, your goal is to love people until they ask you why. And when you have that relationship and they're asking you why, it's a natural opportunity to talk about how God has made an impact in your life and let them allow uh, you know, allow the space to, to ask questions to process that. Uh, but so, so, so churches really love us because they're looking around and they're saying, you know, in our area of town, half of our residents are living in apartment communities and we have no idea to, how to have a positive social impact in these people's lives. A lot of them are gated communities. And this is a way that, uh, in, in a sense, that the church can have a positive social impact in their community by providing a real value add to apartment owners. Has that been a barrier at all for apartment owners or management companies that you're faith-based? You know, I would, I would guess with some, and, you know, because if, uh, if they just hear about that Mm -hmm. and and they don't really know firsthand what that's like, uh, they might uh, imagine, okay, are these guys Mm going to go, you know, knocking door to door, passing out leaflets or anything like that. And actually, we tell our teams, if you do something like that, we'll fire you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're not allowed to do that. Uh, uh, what we really want you to do is we want you to, to care for residents. We want you to connect them in vital relationships and call others to do the same. And as you do that, you just create this sticky community uh, where people 
want to stick around. And in the context of those relationships, you're going to have some pretty life-changing conversations and opportunities to serve people. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, in my own apartment experience, I mean, I, I, I had an apartment, but I, I had no apartment community. In other words, I, I could leave that lease and there was no sticky factor to it. I mean, there was no stickiness. It was just a place that I laid my head and stuffed my groceries um, when I came back from the store. But there was no community involved. And we, you know, we think of community right now. It, it seems like we hear it said a lot that people are more connected than ever through smartphones, through social media. But yet people feel more lonely than ever. Is that something you guys have taken into account? Yeah, you know, um, it, very much so. Uh, Senator Ben Sass, Senator from Nebraska, this past year wrote a book called Them. And he really wrote about the loneliness epidemic in America and some of the factors, including uh, social media, how you think on one hand you're, you're more connected in a technical sense to people, but at a heart level, you feel very disconnected and feel very unknown. And so he, he's got some staggering statistics of the impact that loneliness and social isolation has on people, just on their physical health. Like um, trying to remember some of the specifics that he shared, but he basically said that lonely people are more prone to get sick and it takes them longer to recover. They age quicker and, uh, there was a study out of Brigham Young that found that people who had the subjective sense of social isolation were 26 more likely, 26% more likely to die during the study than people who felt socially connected. So there's a, there's a really big correlation between uh, isolation and the negative impact on health. And, um, and in fact, uh, Senator Ben Sass would say it's actually uh, a single lonely day has the same impact on your health as, as smoking an entire pack of cigarettes, if you wow. can imagine that. So isolation is actually worse for your health than heavy drinking and smoking and obesity, which is uh, kind of mind boggling. Absolutely. Uh, so I think, you know, so, you know, uh, apartment owners that, you know, obviously, you, you're in it because you, you want to make a good, wise investment and you want to earn a return. At the same time, I think a lot of apartment owners realize that um, they have an opportunity to have a positive impact on the lives of hundreds of individuals and families uh, living in their communities. And so what a better way to have an, a positive impact on your residents and to give back to them than having an apartment-like program. Absolutely. And how long, Pete, how long have you been involved with Apartment Life? So I've been uh, with Apartment Life for about four years now. Uh, mm -hmm. Prior to that, I served with another nonprofit that worked with young people for about 24 years. And about four years ago, uh, took first I, I came in as president and now I'm CEO of Apartment Life. So let me ask you this, Pete. What about the apartment complexes that can't concess an apartment or two apartments to you guys to use, do you have an on-site option or are you only limited to apartment complexes that can offer an apartment for your staff? 
Yeah, so in the case where we have uh, either we can't recruit a team for a particular community, sometimes uh, uh, communities in rougher areas of town are hard to recruit teams for, or the owner just isn't able to confess a unit, we have developed an, what we call an off-site model. And what we mean by off-site is the team that performs those functions doesn't physically live on site. They might live in a neighborhood nearby, but they offer uh, all of the same services to the client. Uh, obviously, I think uh, to have a, a stronger impact in people's lives is always more ideal to have your, your, uh, your team living on site because you just run into neighbors as you're getting your mail and stuff like that. But that's not always practical either for the team or for the owner. And so we have developed an offsite model, which is actually proven to be equally effective in terms of retention, online reputation, resident satisfaction. Um, so yes, we do offer an offsite model. The, the pricing is a little bit different uh, because uh, the, instead of uh, providing a unit for the team to live in, we have to pay them an hourly wage. And so the management fee is a little bit higher uh, so it comes out to roughly the same amount, uh, but it's just rather than concessing a unit, you're paying a higher management fee. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I guess, let me ask you this. Uh, so Pete Kelly is clearly sharp, articulate, smart guy. What does Pete Kelly get out of this? It's a nonprofit. You're not making a killing. It really is serving other people. So what are you getting out of this? Because the, the skeptic may say, there's something going on here. This doesn't make sense from a financial perspective. Like you're, uh, you're offering staff to an apartment complex that staff has to be paid. You know, clearly they're not generating income for themselves, but they're saving money for that apartment complex. What, what, what is Pete Kelly getting out of this? Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, I am getting a paycheck, so I do get paid, but uh, I think the, the, greatest thing, the greatest thing that I get out of what we do is the life change. And that, for me, is what keeps me doing what I do. Is every, every week or so, every month or so, uh, I get to hear about people whose lives are changed. In fact, uh, after this interview, I've got a phone call with uh, a former property manager that was on a, a community where we had an apartment life team. And he said that his life was completely changed by an apartment life team and his community. He would show up drunk at the event. Uh, hmm. So I don't want to uh, malign his character, but he would show up drunk at the event and the teams would walk him back to his apartment. And he said, just their positive impact on my life has completely changed who I am today. So I'm like, I want to meet that guy. I want to hear his story. So for me, it's all about the life change. Absolutely. Wow, that's fantastic. I mean, that is truly being a neighbor, right? Not just being a neighbor, meaning I live next door to you, but being involved in your life and even being involved in the not so savory parts of your life. Not just celebrating your son's birthday, but walking you home when you can barely get home yourself. I mean, that really is being a neighbor to somebody. So it's no wonder that you guys bring so much value to these apartment communities. Wow. That would be our aim, is, uh, is to take in a very literal sense uh, what Jesus said about love your neighbor as yourself. And we often say to ourselves and reflect, what if he meant our actual neighbors? Huh, hmm. how would that change the world if you just loved the people next door to you? Right. We, I think all of us have fond, fond memories of neighbors who are tightly connected. We don't see that as much 
We long for it, but you're actually making efforts to create it. I think that's what makes the difference. It, it, it really is a lost art, the art of neighboring. It's a lost art in America. Had a team move from Oklahoma down to Dallas in the heat of summer. And uh, there was an apartment life team in their community and they saw them, these poor souls unloading their truck in the heat of summer. And they brought cold water and popsicles, uh, popsicles for the kids. And the wife who was moving in is like, I didn't know people still did this today. Like hmm. I haven't seen a community like this since I was a kid. And she was just floored by what the team did. What, what the team didn't know is that that couple was moving from Oklahoma to Dallas because their marriage was hanging by a thread hmm. and that that was kind of a, uh, an opportunity to kind of do a, a redo, a, re, a kind of a reboot on their marriage. And that team ended up becoming very good friends with them and having a very positive impact. It wasn't until six months later uh, that they confided. They said, you've had such a powerful impact on our marriage. But when you first met us, our marriage was it was hanging by a thread. Wow, that's a fantastic story. So, Pete, tell me this. For anybody who would be interested in being staff at Apartment Life or property managers or owners who might be interested in using your services, how can they get in touch with you? Probably the easiest place to go would be to our website, which is apartmentlife.org. And you can read up all about what it means to be a coordinator, what it means if you're on the management or the ownership side. Uh, you can read uh, in depth uh, some of the research and studies that we've done validating the program. And if you want to speak further with me, you can reach out to me via email at Pete Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Pete Kelly at apartmentlife.org. At the end of each interview, our guest is asked to go back in time to mentor their 20-year-old self. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? I think I would, uh, as a book, I would recommend Stephen Covey's Seven, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I read it in my late 20s, and when I read it, I wish I'd read it in my early 20s. It had that much of an impact on my life. Um, if I could give my 20-year-old self uh, a warning, I would say cut up that credit card and get on a budget. Because I didn't get on a budget until my late 20s. <laughs> I regretted that. My piece of advice would be to live uh, each day and to treat everyone as if this was going to be your last day alive. If I could go back and say anything, uh, you know, life is ultimately about relationships. And so if you treated everyone today as though this was going to be the last time you'd see them because like you're going to die in your sleep, as morbid as that sounds. I think we would all live much better lives. So we hope you gained something from today's guest. Now, feel free and talk about what you learned from the conversation on the comments section of this podcast on the Real Estate Time Machine website. So I asked today's guest to share more about their personal philosophy, the big idea that drives their life and work. We'll post those deep thoughts at the end of the week on Philosophy Friday, only on the Real Estate Time Machine.